You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Great to see you. We are in this series called David, uh, and so we started it two weeks ago, um, and so uh, we're going to go back into that today. And uh, today is really one of the more famous texts in the scriptures. You probably learned it on a flannel graph or in a book or on veggie tales with a big pickle. But this is the story of David and Goliath. And, uh, and so my hope is, is that uh, as we read this today, we're going to take little conversations. We're going to take little pieces of the text uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And, and really, this is one that you could, I mean, there's... There's a, there's a whole lot of different sermons coming out of 1 Samuel 17. You could take this lots of different ways. But my prayer for us today is that we would leave today with a greater faith in God, that we would become a fearless church. And as I prayed, meditated on this text, the thing that just kind of came alive inside of me was the faith in this young man, David. And so uh, we're going to study that today. So if you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I want to begin uh, right here where we have... David running with faith and the Israelites, the soldiers running in fear. Let's look at this. Uh, You've got in verse 24, let me kind of set the text here. David has been on the hillside. He's son of Jesse, eighth born son. Samuel comes, anoints him as the next king of Israel. Saul's the current king. Suddenly David finds himself anointed to be the king one day, but not currently the king. So he continues to serve. He continues to take care of sheep. Even though he's been given this future big position, he's serving. And then his dad says, go take bread and cheese to your brothers who are now soldiers on the front lines. And they're facing the Philistines. You're like, I know, I learned this one as a cartoon. That's all right. All right, hang with me. And, and then here is David now, and he shows up. And he's got a different perspective than the soldiers do. The rest of the Israelites are standing there in fear. And David shows up and his secret time alone with God, his hillside life of singing songs to God, his big view of God causes him to see the battle differently than everybody else. And that's the big idea I'm going to hit on today. And I want you to see. So I want you just to see this, uh, just to see these two responses. Then we're going to pray. Then we'll go after this. First Samuel 17, 24. It says, when the Israelites saw the man, that's Goliath, they all fled from him in great fear. So they see Goliath, ha, scared to death, recoil in fear. Oh no. All right. Different response from young David. Verse 48, as the Philistine, that's Goliath, moved closer to attack him, and here it is, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. The great need, I believe, in our church for us is to be a people who, when we face these battles, we don't flee in fear, but in faith, we run to the battle lines, all right? Let's pray together. Oh, I got a clap before we even even prayed, we're going there, all right? Let's pray, and then we'll go after this. Jesus, we love you, and you are our great delight, and we have decided to follow you, and you're worth following, and you, Lord, you silence fear. 
We were singing about it today. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. And God, we ask that that would be more than a song in our lives. God, we pray that that would be our story on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. God, would we become a fearless people. God, would our eyes so be on you. Would the way that we think, the way that we see the world, would it be so filled with God that we are fearless. We honor you. We love you. And Radiant Church said amen. Uh, last week, I received word, um, I got a text message late at night um, from a friend of mine, and it was the, it was the story of just a, a family back in Colorado. I've told you before that I served for 14 years at a church in Colorado before planting Radiant, and, and uh, there's an incredible family, an amazing family in our church. They had four kids. Their oldest was a boy, and, and uh, he was a college student, Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, and, um, and last week, he was hit. He was out running. Uh, jogging and uh, was hit uh, in the street and killed and died. And um, this, this tragic accident, this incredible young man and incredible family and amazing parents. And, and his mom, she would sing on the worship team. And I mean, they were just incredible. Just, just this amazing family, really committed to discipling their four kids. I mean, I just, and, and when it hit, when it, I first got the message, of course, the first re- response was shock. Like, you know, you just go into how could this happen, and and then it, it then it, it turned and it turned to just just grieving and just sadness and just praying for this family. Oh God, just God be with them in the midst of this tragedy. And and then I'm going to make this confession to you. As I was laying there, it was late at night, and all of a sudden, just like a blanket of fear, just I just I was just suddenly like. Could that happen to, to my boy? Like, I, I, got a, I got a 13-year-old son, and, and, and I just, all of a sudden, just my mind just began to race. And a course of action started to kind of go into my head of, what do I do? How do I, how do I, how do I control this? I, and I began to just, I mean, I could feel it, like just, 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 and it was, just, honestly, it was just fear. It was this awful circumstance that caused me to start to tremble a little bit in fear. And, and of course, I, I began to realize what it was and, and prayed through it and began to think, okay, I, I can't go that route. I got I to gotta trust God. I got to walk by faith. And, and here's where I want us to go today. As the people of God, we have on a near daily basis choices to either live in fear or to live in faith. And in the same way that a Goliath stood and for 40 days taunted the Israelites and said, morning and evening, send out a man. Come on, I defy the armies of Israel. There is in our lives perpetual, constant taunting and the temptation for you and me is to take a course of action that is because we're fear-driven instead of faith-driven. And I want us to look at the response of David who steps onto the scene. And while the text says that the soldiers there, the Israelite armies, were crippled by fear and Goliath is taunting and their response is fear of Goliath. I want us to see today the response of David. I want us to think about 
How on earth this young shepherd boy could see, be able to articulate, and then defeat a giant instead of live in fear of that giant. Because you've got this moment where all of them, all of them saw Goliath, but David saw God. And David, while all the other soldiers, all of them, they're talking about Goliath. And David, he didn't see Goliath as big, he saw God as big. And David responds differently than the rest of them. David has this God talk in his speech. While the rest of them are consumed with eyes on Goliath, talk about Goliath, David has eyes on God, talk about God, and as a result, the way that he attacks in the battle is different than the way that the soldiers walked away in fear. You and I have battles on a daily basis, and the way that we see God, the way that we've spent time with him, the way that we know him in the secret place, the way that we back on the hillside with the sheep are singing worship songs to God, all of a sudden, when you've got that, what I'll call, David had a major in God and a minor in Goliath. And the soldiers had a major in Goliath. And yeah, 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 a minor in God. And the difference played out on the battlefield. And so when we look at this text, the big idea is that you and I would be a people, not of fear, but of faith. Fear is actually faith in the enemy. It's actually saying, I believe the enemy's gonna get his way. Faith is, I believe God is at work. I can't see it, I don't know how, I don't know all the details, but I have faith that there, A, is a God and that God is at work. And when we look at young David, here he is, this young man, he's so young that Goliath is actually annoyed that they would send a boy, who are you, a boy? And young David responds so massively different. And what I want us to get, I want you to get what's in the heart of David, because what we want to identify with today is we want to have a heart like David. We want to have a heart that is big on God. Look at the way when they actually go to talk. Look at this, the conversation. Goliath says, when Goliath goes to taunt David, he talks all about himself. He looked David over and saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him, because he obviously was not. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Now, I want you to see the source of Goliath's strength when he says this is himself. He's going, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take you out, David. I mean, I, 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 me, me, I, I. Here's what I want to hit on today. Sometimes it's easy for us growing up in a, in, in a world that, I'm going to use big word here, humanism, in a world that is constantly talking about you. Sometimes it's easy for us to take some of that humanism idea and just kind of insert it into Christianity, but it's not Christianity. Because the, the, the message of David and Goliath is not, hey, David is awesome. The message of David and Goliath is God is awesome. It is not, wow, look at David. It is, wow, look at God. All right, so, so right here, Goliath comes out and it's all about him. It's all about, look, look at me. But look at how David responds. He's not, he doesn't respond with, a, hey, yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're big and strong, but you don't know about my slingshot and you don't know about my skills and you don't know about, you don't know about how fast I am. No, it's not about that. 
David doesn't even have, here's what David has on his mouth. He's got God talk. He's got God motive. So the battle, David's thinking God. David's got God. David's been hanging out, writing the Psalms, hanging out. I mean, Psalm 23, Psalm 16, David's shepherd boy, he's saturated in a life in God so that when he shows up with a crisis, with a battle, the way that he sees it is through the lens of God at work. So look what he says. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. God talk, God at work. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, and this day the Lord will deliver. Ooh, wait a minute here. David's saying, I've got a big view of God. I've got a major in God. The Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head this very day. I will give the carcasses of the Philistines to the, to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. And here's what I want you to get. For the battle is the Lord's. God is at work and he he who's doing the work, he will give all of you into our hands. So here's what I see sometimes in our culture. It's so filled with you're awesome, you're amazing, you can do it. I grew up in high school, early 90s, anybody? I mean, high school, and there's a hero inside of you. Mariah Carey, right? Like just, and then a hero comes along. And that's kind of how we think. Oh, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm David. I'm a hero. It's the hero inside of me. Look inside you and be strong. You know, like, it's me. I, 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 I got to be strong, right? But let me tell you this. That is not the message of David and Goliath. The Christian worldview is not, hey, you are awesome. And if you look inside of you, you got a hero. It's, and it's very easy to get that. Disney's trying to teach our kids that. Listen, I took my kids to Disneyland. I was, you can go to Disneyland. I go to Disneyland. But he, there is a message of you, 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 you. Hold on a second. That's not the message of David. It is not you. You're awesome. I believe in yourself. People like me. I can do this. That's not it. Here's what the message is. David is talking about God is at work and I am an instrument in the Lord's hands. And the language, the talk is God talk. It's what God is up to. It's I see that God is at work. And so the story of David and Goliath is not the Old Testament version of Rocky Balboa. It is not, man, young David shows up and he can defeat the champion because he worked out hard and he was strong. Rising up, keep pushing myself. No, that's, that is not it. It is actually not the eye of the tiger. It is eyes on God. It is him saying up, hey, you know what? I am a shepherd boy. I've been hanging out with God and God can use any instrument that I have. God, he's the one at work. And if all I've got is a slingshot, well, God will use that. So in your life, whatever you have in your hand, whatever is the thing that God has given you, God can use you to conquer giants and he'll use something as small as a slingshot, no matter your height, size, even if you're a boy, all those things. But the point is not that you are awesome. The point is that David has been with God. And so when he shows up on the battlefield, everybody else sees Goliath and he sees God. Oh, you, you don't know how big my God is. Let's look at it. I want you to see it. I don't think you believe me. All right, look at this. Uh, look at the way that David, the way that David talks. David, 
David talks on God while they talk about Goliath. 17, verse 25, look at this. Israelites are talking about Goliath. Now, the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. Not only do the soldiers talk about Goliath, but Saul talks about Goliath. You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, but he has been a warrior from his youth. I see Goliath. Even Goliath's talking about Goliath. Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the wild animals. Everybody, when David shows up to the battlefield, is talking about Goliath. But David shifts the conversation. David says to the soldiers, verse 26, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Huh? God talk? What? No, 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 no. Don't be so spiritual. We're just, we're just talking about a battle we need to win here. That's what happens in our culture. Come on, get real with me. Come on, let's be two-dimensional. Let's just, let's just be practical. Sorry, all right, excited. <laughs> King Saul, he, King Saul, David shows up to him and when the soldiers are saying nothing about God, but David's talking about God, David does the same thing to Saul. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. It's not, I'm awesome. It's not Goliath is tall. It's God is big. He's just talking about it. No one else discusses God. David, he brings God in. David's talking, talking about God. Listen, this is something that we wanna see in our small groups. When you gather together in a small group and you're getting around other Davids, and you are going through horrible things that, are temp- that cause you to want to live in fear. That financial disaster, that boss that's driving you insane, that person that hurts you, all the things that are causing you to potentially live in fear, the family problems, the challenging with the kids, the car, all, it could be so many things, the economy. People live in fear for so many reasons. One of the best things about a small group is you gather together, you sit around the circle, you drink $5 coffee, and you talk about God. No, God is, I know what I can't see here. Hold on a second. But what is God doing? Yeah, but this is, a, hold on a second. Stop talking about Goliath for just a minute. Stop living in perpetual fear and lift your eyes. Let's talk about God. We talk about what we care about. If we care about, when we think about, when we meditate on, when we behold God, what flows out of it is a lot of God talk. And so I know the temptation is that people get real cynical and they're like, hey, I just wanna be real. I don't wanna be weird. Well, everybody, listen, God is real and God is looking for a people David looked extremely weird. You are going to take on Goliath? You are a shepherd. You are not a warrior. You don't look the part, talk the part. Here's what we do. We work out and tremble in fear. That's who we are. We're soldiers and we're scared. That's what you should be doing. David shows up. "Mm." All I know is I got a big God. Friends, one of the best things that you can do in your time alone with God, like we talked about two weeks ago, David alone with God, and then let that leap from that time alone with God into the way that you live your life so that you see the battle differently than everybody else around you. 
Everybody else just sees two-dimensional. Everybody else just says it's, it's Goliath and David. But you got a heart where you've been with God and you go, no, I know, I know. This is, this is the battle belongs to the Lord. No, this thing, this Goliath thing, God is at work. I can't see it. I don't know it. I feel kind of, lo- I don't know exactly. But I believe there's God. God is still at work. God's at work. And that's oozing from David. David, even to Goliath, he talks God talk, right? So he looks at the soldiers. He says, who is this? They would defy the armies of the living God. When he talks to Saul, he talks about God. Then he looks at Goliath and he just talks to the enemy about God. Like you can imagine this ugly Philistine being like, what? And he's talking about God. David looks at him and says, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. He's got it coming out of him because he spent so much time with him. And he's been with God, so he talks of God. David says it in one of his Psalms, Psalm 16, 8. He says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. And with him at right hand, at my right hand, I will not be shaken. That is, I will not be afraid. I will not live in fear. I will not be scared. I will not live in perpetual giving credit to Goliath, giving credit to the enemy. No, I am looking to God. So here's what I want to invite you to do. I want you to ask yourself the question, do you see Goliath or do you see God? Are you always talking? I mean, the language, I got this problem and I got this problem and my kid this and my money this and... (sighs) Or can you shift, back up, get along with God like David and come out? And I'm not saying that those things aren't there. The Goliath is staring you in the face but you're different. You're not so focused on Goliath. You're focused on God. And you've got a different demeanor than the rest of the planet. You are the redeemed. Jesus has silenced your fear. You are living in a different way. You have a confidence that is different because you believe you've walked with, you know, you spend time with, and so you can talk about God. I like the way that it says in Psalm 33, but the word of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. What? The stars were made by the breath of God's mouth. And he breathed stars. (laughs) They see Goliath. David sees star breather. David goes, you guys see the nine foot tall guy. I see the creator. God is wick. Come on. The battle belongs to the Lord. And because David has been with God, David talks much of God, and he's able to pursue the battle, run to the battle differently. He doesn't pull back in perpetual fear. Friends, one of our biggest temptations is to live in fear, and we have reasons. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, but... You don't know how he doesn't come through for me. Yeah, but you don't know what a bad start I got in life. Yeah, but you don't know what that boss said of me or did to me. Yeah, but the economy did this to... Hold on a second. Back up. Okay, eyes on God. All right, God, you're the star breather. You're bigger than all my Goliaths. 
all my giants. I am not gonna live in fear. I put my faith in you. And I, I look at this story of David and Goliath, and honestly, this is one of the most preached texts there is. It's one of the most, I mean, I mean, people that aren't followers of Jesus know this story. This is, this is a term in our culture, David and Goliath, and it's often talking about the underdog that beats the champion. But I want to tell you, the story of David and Goliath is not about an underdog that beats a champion. It's about the God of the underdog. It's about the God of David who is at work. And I know that you can read, I read commentaries this week that were talking about, well, actually, it was just that David was skilled. And when you look at it, it was just David who was at the right time, at the right place, and he was able to just hit his head just right. And Goliath was arrogant. I'm like, that's all nice and cute. Let me tell you what the text says. God is at work. God is in the battle. And no doubt about it, it's in a real practical way, but God at work. And a part of being the people of God is locking in with this. God You are at work. Help me see what you are doing. May I not see the battle the way that the soldiers see the battle. May I not live intimidated by Goliath. May I be a man or a woman of faith and see the battle the way that you see the battle. God, help. God, open my eyes to see. All right, look at this. This is is the next part. David then is able to face Goliath in faith in part because David is... David's got faith because he's seen God move before, right? Look at the way that he responds to Saul in verse 34. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued it, rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of him because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord, the Lord, who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. There's so much here, but I want to just highlight this. A part of David's capacity to possess faith in the present was that he had experienced God rescuing him in the past. And he had private victories of defeating the lion, defeating the bear, And so for you and me, one of the best things that can happen to us is when nobody else is looking in secret, when it's just you and God, and you've got to overcome that person you can't stand. You've got to overcome that forgiveness. You've got to overcome all, whatever is the small battle. And our temptation in our culture is every time you do anything great, you post it online. What's up? Look at me. I want to invite you to this. Get a few killing of lions and bears, a few private victories that the only person that knows it is you and God. Remember, God, you were with me here. God, you rescued me. God, you helped me with this. God, you helped me overcome that problem. God, you helped me bring restoration in this relationship. God, you you provided for me here. God, you've been at work. God, and so then when you face that next battle, a part of your faith is... I've seen God work in the past. We sing it. I can see him do it again. I believe he can move the mountains. I believe he'll do it again. Right? Because we've seen it in the past. We go, oh, he'll do it again. Oh, it's more than a lyric. 
I believe. I'm stepping out in faith because you were faithful to me before. You rescued me from the lion. You rescued me from the bear. Surely you'll rescue me from that ugly giant. Surely he's with me. And when you get, when you get some of those, it helps you walk by faith and not by fear. Just get some, get, get, get and, and nobody else. I mean, no, da, I mean, David was alone with the lion and the bear. Um, we don't know. Maybe there was some kind of, I don't know, in the year 1,000, he's able to do some kind of, hey, I killed the lion. I don't know what the equivalent is, you know, of Instagram. What's up? I killed the bear. But it's like, shut up. We don't believe you. I mean, you know, like, I don't know. But I do know that when he faces Saul and he gives reason on how he can face Goliath, he's talking about God rescuing him from the lion and the bear. And I know that for you and me, Better than your resume of your undergraduate degree. Better than your resume of your master's degree. Better than whatever is this. I've seen God be faithful in the past. I've seen the activity of God in my own life. And so how can I face this giant? How can I live in faith and not fear? I believe he'll do it again. Did we sing that today? It was maybe another day. But it's that... It's that idea. He'll be faithful. He's, he's God. And then let's just look at this last piece. Is that as David looks to the future, David trusts God for the future. He responds to Saul with that. With that I, I know. If, if, if he's done it before, he'll, he'll do it again so then he can stand. I mean, he can stand right in front of Goliath and he will sp- he sp- he's got faith. He's speaking what he believes. He's talking about God in the battle. And he says, and... Today, this very day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. Future tense, it's about to happen. I'm just saying, as you go into your world, there is some strength of saying, all right, I've been with God. I'm talking of God. God has been with me before. And then you can talk. You can go into looking at this week, this week, where you're facing a battle. You're facing Goliath this week. You're facing that job situation this week. You're facing whatever is that giant. It's not about me and my strength. It's not that I'm a good rock thrower. It's that God is in the middle of this battle. And God, I I trust in you. My faith is not in my throwing capacity or ability. My My faith is in God. And here's what happened for David and it'll probably happen for you. When you start to see a battle, you start to see, you know what? I I'm I'm gonna trust God for this. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to step out. Whatever is going through your mind right now as I'm talking, and I'm talking about this, and you're applying it. Some of you are applying it to family stuff. Some of you are applying it to finances. Some of you are applying it to your work. Some of you are applying it to different things. Here's what I want to tell you. You will have people that when you're believing God for supernatural activity, expect the mockers to arise. Don't expect them to be like, yeah. David, go fight that giant. Yeah, come on. No, expect Eliab, his older brother. Eliab, the older brother, looks at him, verse 33, and says, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. And he's been a warrior for, oh, sorry, that's Saul. Let's read, that's the wrong one. It's Eliab's his brother. Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are. Well, that's just Big brother for you, right? Have I ever done that? Sorry, forgive me. I know how conceited you are. 
and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. You're not a warrior. You came to watch. I know you're conceited. Eliab doesn't go, come on, baby brother, let's go. Come on, let's go. No. Eliab, big brother's like, you arrogant, conceited wimp. You can't. Then King Saul. King Saul, I mean, this, not just his brother, but his boss. His boss looks at him and goes, well, he's a, he's a warrior. He's been, so, Goliath's been fighting from his youth. Saul doesn't believe. He says, you can't go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. It's painful. Come on, come on, Saul. Come on. And then Goliath looks at him and says, it, the scripture says he curses him. I mean, Goliath just looks right at him. Come out here, he says. It says, and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. So, all the language. David voluntarily steps up. Hey, my whole nation here is going to go into slavery. Someone's got to stand. And David's the one that says, I know that God wants us to win. We're God's people here. None of, Saul, you're head and shoulders above the rest. You're not going to take him on? Eliab? Nope, I'll go. And even when he does it, brother comes against him. Boss, you're not good enough. Goliath, the beast, curses him. Here's what I want to tell you. God will put something in your heart where you look and you go, I don't know if this is right. And there's this burden. Like, if I attack that, it's going it's to be risky. But, the, it, but I, I don't want to live recoiled in fear. I want to be like the Israelite soldiers that just hang out, living in perpetual fear. I, I want to put God. You get alone with God. God gives you a whole different worldview where you see the battle differently. And your temptation is to say, nope, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of my bills, take care of my life, make sure I get a good vacation. I get what I want. And nobody else has helped me. I'm gonna fight for me, right? Until you get with God. And oh yeah, Oh yeah, you breathe the stars into existence. You delight in me and you love me and you'll take care of me and I can trust you and okay. And the way it plays out is then you step out into an American culture filled with narcissism and materialism and humanism and it's all about money and you and you got a different view. And so you're like, ah, Surely, surely God is at work. Surely God wants to do something. Surely I'm an instrument that God wants to use to make a difference. Surely life isn't about me just living in fear of Goliath, living in fear of all the problems and just surviving. But no, surely God, God, I want I want your way, and, and if 
that, that Goliath right there? You mean nobody else, nobody else is going to go help the poor? Well, I, I've been with God. I, I, I'll, I'll attack. I'll run to the back. No, nobody else is going to step up and lead. I'll, nobody else is going to reach these people. Nobody else is going to... And what will happen is the same way that there's this burden in David's heart. He's like, who is this guy that he would defy the armies of the living God? And then, this is my paraphrase. I'm going to go pick a fight. Let's go. You're going down. My prayer is that today, as this church is just getting started, there's some Davids that are like, you know what? I'm not going to live in perpetual fear. I'm going I'm to get alone with God on the hillside, sing some songs, get my eyes on the star breather, not on Goliath. I'm going to step onto the battlefield and be like, let's go. I got one life. I'm going to... I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help teenagers know God. And I'm gonna help fathers disciple their kids. You know what? I'm gonna help single moms. Man, I'm gonna. You, what, there will be something. That just, this is, you just can't shake. Like I'm gonna go pick a fight with poverty. I'm gonna go pick a fight with a generation that does not know God. They're living on media and iPhones, and they do not know God. And I'm just saying. Davis, that God just can't. I've just been with God too much to just, just hang out on the battlefield and live for me. Man, I'm just believing there's some, that God, even, even today, even in these future weeks, God's gonna put something in your life. All right, nobody else is gonna attack that giant. I'm going. That's the Christian journey. Christian journey is not enduring, just kind of afraid and fruitless. Ah, the Christian journey is my eyes are always fixed on him. And man, he was he, he rescued me from the paw of the lion. He rescued me from the paw of the bear. Surely that giant's going down. You don't know who my God is. I don't have a major in Goliath and a minor in God. I got a major in God. I've been studying him my whole life. And he My prayer today is that in your own life, there'll be some Goliaths that go down. Some of you are living in fear. God wants to give you great faith. A.W. Tozer said, a scared world needs a fearless church. One of the great needs in our city of Kansas City is just there's some people that they're just filled with the life of God. They're alone with Him. They talk about Him. They bring God into the conversation. Everybody else goes, that, that's weird, that's different. And then the miracle happens. Everybody goes, oh, I guess there is a God in Israel. I guess, tell me about your God. Tell me what, whew. you know what's crazy? Those same soldiers, those same soldiers who were scared to death, trembling in fear, after Goliath goes down, the scripture says that they surged forward with a shout. And they became fearless. <laughs> and so you could say, maybe we're not always David, right? Maybe there's a greater David named Jesus. And he has forever, ever defeated the enemy. And we live in the time when the knowledge of what he has done, it causes us to surge forward with a shout. We don't have to live in fear. 
We don't have to live trembling. We just go, mm, our God has won. I'm not wasting another day living in fear. I'm going after God. Let's be a people of faith, amen? Will you bow your head and let me pray for you? If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory@radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radiant Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radiant Church? Check out radiantintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.